it's when I feel like there's just so many demands on my plate and there's just not enough time in the day. And sometimes I feel like no one really understands me and no one else can really do the things that needs to be done but me. Sometimes I feel like I'm constantly failing the people that I care about. And really that boils down to feeling like I'm not enough. And that is a very common root of every problem in a relationship. When you feel this unworthiness, this is the opposite of self-love. In our fast-paced world, many of us struggle with overthinking and worry that leaves us feeling overwhelmed or stuck. In this podcast, we will hear stories of successful individuals and have conversations and ways to reach our true potential by embracing every micro detail of our identity, especially the flaws that make us unique. This is your host, Maria Grace Wolk. I'm a Filipino-American entrepreneur, psychotherapist, and mom of two boys. And my mission is to amplify diverse perspectives and experiences and inspire your journey to wellness and fulfillment. When I tell people I practice self-love, saying it out loud and sharing it, that's all part of the practice. When other people hear me, they often give me that look or eye roll or maybe something like just way too busy to be doing anything like that. Or they would tell me, oh, you're so lucky you have the time. And honestly, it's not surprising at all, really, in a world that often values self-sacrifice, humility, and endless hustle. The idea of loving oneself can seem like an indulgence or even a radical act. Because maybe it's our generation, maybe it's the way our society make us believe that we have to work, work, work so hard to be able to enjoy anything in life. Don't get me wrong, hard work does pay off and I'm not saying not to do any work, but I do want to just say that we don't always have to be busy to enjoy life. I feel like we are on this rat race. We always have to be busier than the other person so we don't fall behind, so we don't miss out on a promotion. We have to work through our vacation times. We work overtime. We stay later than we should. That even when taking some time to rest, we feel super guilty and we think all of these negative self-talks about ourselves, such as, oh my God, I'm so lazy. Why am I just laying here resting when I could be doing something productive? And in the past, honestly, I've been super guilty of this. And this is true for so many others. Many believe that we always have to be productive to feel deserving of a vacation, of some time off, of a piece of dessert. But what we don't realize is that we are actually so much more productive when we have time to rest, first of all. 
But what I wanted to say is that what we don't realize is that self-love isn't about narcissism or ego. It's about a journey towards self-acceptance, resilience, and well-being. And embracing self-love, that is the key to transform our connections that can lead to a more fulfilling and authentic relationships. And for me, this journey began with a simple realization that I had spent far too long neglecting my own needs and desires, always putting others first. And it seemed virtuous at first, but over time I realized I was running on empty. I was saying yes to all these tasks that I knew I didn't have time for. Why? Because I didn't want them to think that I couldn't handle it. I didn't want them to think that I'm lazy. I didn't want them to think that I'm a bad worker or someone who couldn't handle a small task. It was a lot of I didn't want them to judge me. But all of those little things that I said yes to, they add up. And I am left overscheduled and I am burnt out and alone. Because I don't have time to spend with any of my loved ones. Just too busy trying to do the work. My self-worth was entangled with external validation and I was seeking approval from everyone except for myself. I was doing so, so much. I was achieving so, so much. But there was just no happiness, only exhaustion. And that is because seeking approval from external factors, they are always just temporary. It doesn't last. I have clients who come to me wanting to improve their relationship with their families, significant other, with their children. And I ask them this question. What is keeping you from having the close relationship you long for? And I ask them this question because when I think about my own personal experience and I've struggled with these same barriers, I remember my reasons varies in different ranges. Sometimes it's just me being so busy and so stressed out with all the work that I have to do. And I don't have time or would easily get frustrated or be short with the people that, that cares about me. Or sometimes it's when I feel like there's just so many demands on my plate and there's just not enough time in the day. And sometimes I feel like no one really understands me and no one else can really do the things that needs to be done but me. Sometimes I feel like I'm constantly failing the people that I care about. And really that boils down to feeling like I'm not enough. And that is a very common root of every problem in a relationship. When you feel this unworthiness, this is the opposite of self-love. 
So I decided to embark on a path of self-love, not as a trendy buzzword, but as a deeply transformative practice. And it meant looking in the mirror and accepting the reflection as I see me. Even when it feels awkward, believe me, it's not easy. Part of the self-love work that I do is purely mindful self-compassion. And with that is prioritizing self-care. It sounds so played out and cliche, but self-care encompasses everything about our mental health, like setting boundaries, learning to say no without guilt. And as I began sharing this journey with others, the eye rolls, the judgments persist to this day. And some thinks it's self-indulgent, as I mentioned earlier, and others think I just have a lot of time on my hands. But that doesn't really deter me because I understand that self-love is the foundation upon which I can build a life of authenticity and fulfillment. Because you see, when we're practicing mindfulness, we are fully present. We are observing our own behaviors. We are observing how we respond to things, how we react to things, and why we do what we do. And this leads to self-discovery and self-awareness, understanding our needs, our desires, and values. We gain clarity about what we truly seek in our relationships. The self-awareness allows us to be able to communicate our needs effectively and create healthier boundaries. And this fosters a stronger connections, connection with others based on mutual understanding and respect. It's the act of really embracing being in the moment that is so liberating. And that's the feeling that it gives me. And to me, that is self-love. Because when you are allowing yourself to, to be fully aware of all of your senses, say it's enjoying the flavor of your favorite ice cream every time it melts on your tongue. Maybe it's feeling the warm trickling of the water behind your neck when you're showering. Or it's immersing yourself in the beats of the music that you're listening to. Or maybe it's just really witnessing all the different colors of the leaves as you're staring out the window for a second. It is in that moment that you will find stillness. And in that stillness is when you are your most authentic self, your most creative. There's no clutter. There's no other noise, but just your pure being witnessing the world around you as is. I've discovered that self-love is about taking actions, making different choices, 
And when you take intentional actions, it creates a shift, a shift in your perspective. Your perspective of the world shapes your reality. So a shift in your perspective can have a huge impact on your happiness. Your perceptions of people or events, it directly influence your emotions, your emotional responses. So if you consistently view things negatively, if you view things through a negative lens, you're more likely to feel stressed or unhappy. While a shift on how you, for example, like challenges, if you view challenges as opportunities for growth, that shift in that perspective can make you feel more motivated instead of feeling down in the dumps. And how you perceive and interpret the actions of others, let's say your partner or your children, that can also play a vital role in your relationships. Because misunderstandings, conflicts, they often arise from differing perspectives. And when you have empathy and the ability to see situations from someone else's point of view, and this is what mindfulness allows us to do, is to see things from a different perspective when you pause, if you're able to do this, it can greatly improve your communication and understanding in the relationship that you're in. Because when we practice self-love, we become more compassionate and understanding because when we are fully present, we are more attentive. We allow ourselves to truly listen and empathize. So we're empathizing effectively. We are listening more attentively. We are communicating more openly. And that leads to stronger and more meaningful relationships. It creates that safe space for open and honest communication. Having that feeling that we can express ourselves genuinely. That builds trust and, again, builds that strong foundation of a healthy relationship. I worked with a couple and like many couples, they often find themselves at odds over seemingly small matters. We will call them John and Jill. And in one of our sessions, they both shared a recent argument about their son's bedtime routine. They were both on the same page that they are constantly arguing. Jill, she consistently tell him that we, they need to be consistent and it is so frustrating to her that he sometimes would keep him up past his bedtime. And as emotions ran high, misunderstandings crept in, and Jill, she starts feeling a sense of resentment, thinking that her husband, John, didn't value her asks or didn't respect her. And John here feels annoyed that Jill is always trying to control everything and have so many rules for him to follow. So when I gave them the space to express each of their own perspective of how they view the issue, we learned that John yearned for 
more quality time with their little one after a long day at work. And that Jill sees this opportunity for the couple to reconnect and nurture their relationship after putting the baby down. So what she was really feeling resentful for is not the fact that didn't seem like he respected her rules, but the fact that she didn't feel as if John valued their time together. While on the other hand, John was actually worried about feeling disconnected from the son because he just doesn't have time to interact with him on a regular basis. He was feeling disengaged as a father. And because of that, he feels like he's not being a good enough father to his son. With having this open conversation, both of the partners now recognize that their desires are both valid and that this open communication is the key to finding the common ground and being able to empathize with each other's perspective seeking that compromise, they can then establish a bedtime routine that not only allows for cherished parent-child bonding, but also nurtures the couple's relationship. And together, they can then find a way to create that harmonious balance that benefits everyone that is involved. And so that is how self-love involves prioritizing our emotional well-being because that is crucial for healthy relationships. By practicing self-care and self-compassion, we are really, what we're doing is we're replenishing our emotional reserves, ensuring that we can show up fully for the people that we care about. And when we're emotionally fulfilled, we show up as more positive and more joyful. It stabilizes our relationships, creating an environment where we're able to thrive. And when, we're, and when we do this, when we embody self-love, we inspire. We inspire others to do the same. Our positive energy and our self-acceptance become contagious, encouraging those around us to embrace their own self-worth. We end up leading by example without even knowing it. We end up empowering others to deepen their self-love, which ultimately then strengthens their relationship as well. It becomes a ripple effect throughout the world. So when others roll their eyes or say something or makes a comment about practicing self-love, I don't take it to heart. I practice self-compassion. I understand where they're coming from. And I simply smile and I continue on my journey, knowing that in time, they might just join me on this path of self-discovery. If you resonate at all with the stories on this podcast, and you're thinking about a change in your current situation, in your career, in your relationship, or maybe even in yourself, what's holding you back from taking the first step? 
Find out by taking the What's Your Biggest Self-Sabotage quiz that you can find on my website at mariagracewolf.com. Until next time, stay kind and own your journey. Thank you again for your time today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review. I would so appreciate it. The high rate and reviews will help others find the podcast so we can amplify, normalize, and break the mental health stigma. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host or the guest are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. 